Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am super excited to keep talking about the Gospel of Matthew and all this interaction that Jesus is having with other people. Well, you certainly come to the right place because that's what we're doing, man. That's we're just we're reading do. through Matthew. That's what we do. Talking about the text, God's text. But we move from Jesus interacting with the Pharisees to almost like the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And today, talk about him interacting with a Canaanite woman. Yeah, that's right. Someone in the crowd uh, has made a journey to uh, talk to Jesus, and Jesus has been making a journey himself. We're going to pick up our reading in Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to read verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is a troubling paragraph. Buddy, I'm not going to lie. This is one of the hardest things uh, that I read in the scripture uh, because it challenges me about, about Jesus, about his mission, about what I expect. I mean, it's just tough. It's tough because here's a woman coming on behalf of her demon possessed daughter. And he's cast demons out of people even before now in the reading of Matthew. Uh, She calls him the son of David. I mean, it seems like she's given him some proper due when other people that he's talking to, I mean, like I'm even thinking about the people of Nazareth where he grew up, aren't having it, will not recognize him that way, want to, you know, push him off a cliff and stuff like this. So it's not selfishness. It's not that she's coming angrily. You know, in any way, she's not asking him to do anything he hasn't done before. And it says he won't answer her a word. And then the disciples are speaking up because evidently she's so persistent. They want him to just send her away. And so it's not like they come on her behalf, which is also kind of interesting. They don't take up for her, but they don't want her hanging around. And he won't give her what he wants. And then when he finally does talk to her, and when it seems like he calls her a dog... <laughs> I think there's a, I think there's a reason it seems that way. <laughs> and this just seems this is just I, I it just seems like the most un, un unlike the Jesus that I've been reading about or understanding up till now. One of the things that we find is that Jesus doesn't always fit inside um well actually how have I heard you describe it before? He doesn't always fit inside our Jesus box. I mean, yeah, and, and and I guess that's where I'm going with this. I have these preconceived ideas. I think I bolster a lot of evidence from the scriptures, you know, 
about these ideas. And yet here's an account, here's a portion of scripture, just as true as all the rest of us, that, um, you know, causes me to pause (laughs) and say, well, before I just make assumptions about Jesus, I really better get close to the word and, and study it, you know, study it well. Can we begin by saying, at the very least, this is an exceptional circumstance, I mean, there's a reason why okay. we have, there's a reason why we would say this story and the way Jesus behaves here doesn't fit inside our Jesus box. It's not because of preconceived ideas. It's because of everything else we've read about him. This yeah. doesn't quite seem to fit the norm. Yeah. That This is an exceptional occurrence. I mean, it'd be one thing if every other page of these gospel accounts had Jesus talking to people in this way. Yeah. This, this is... This is exceptional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, he does it, and we have to deal with that, and we've got to figure out what's going on here. And, and But at the very least, can we begin with, this is exceptional, this is not the norm. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. So one of the things that I begin to find exceptional, verse 21, going to the region of Tyre and Sidon. You know, if we had a camera and got out the map, we'd see that this is a bit of a travel leaving the environs of Galilee to head out to the coast and really up into traditionally Gentile areas. And it causes a question for me. Mm-hmm. He's going to Gentile regions, yeah. and when he gets there, he's going to make a big deal about the fact that I'm not here for Gentiles. Yes. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Now, he does say, I've come for the lost sheep of Israel, Okay, which perhaps... He's gone to speak to Jewish communities up in those regions. Or Jews who are still in the diaspora, who are okay, not yeah. in the promised land. You know, he's not traveling to Rome or to Babylon, no. but he is heading outside. This is outside. probably about as far north as he goes. He is heading recorded. outside of the regions of the Jews, yeah. ostensibly though, to find lost sheep of Israel. So here's our shepherd leaving the 99 to go find the one. But to I, go get the diaspora. I do remember, though, is it in John chapter 10 where Jesus actually says he has sheep who are not of this fold? Mm-hmm. Which maybe when folks first heard that, they thought he was talking about diaspora Jews. But as the gospel unfolds and as the New Testament unfolds, we realize actually he's talking about Gentiles. Right. So there's something here in this very exceptional circumstance. He has gone out. It makes me wonder, is Jesus not acting in a way that Jews would expect a Jewish Messiah to act. I'm only here for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm not going to respond to a Gentile. And what it does is it draws out this exemplary faith, and it shows to the Jews who are monitoring and watching, and especially to these disciples, you, you, you remember what we've put up with back home? Yeah. You remember what we've seen from Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and priests? Now I want you to see what we see from some Gentiles. There is an echo to my mind of John chapter 4, that when Jesus purposefully goes through Samaria, and Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, and he meets a woman at a well, and she there's not a healing in that account, but she becomes one of the really great preachers to her community, to Sychar, about him and has the Messiah come. Um, it's it's an interesting kind of deal here. He does have a purpose to go to another region, and he does have a conversation now, not one that he initiates, but is initiated by this woman. Mm. She's coming, and she is seeking a miracle, a healing for her demon-possessed daughter. 
Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't send her away. While he, while he ignores her at first, he doesn't send her away. He allows her to cry out after him mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. the point that the apostles are finally saying, would you please just send her away? Just right. rebuke her and, and send her on her way. And his first statement, I think, is to the disciples, look, I'm just here for the lost sheep of Israel. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for her. Mm-hmm. So whatever she wants to do. And then the woman herself comes and pushes her way into his presence and begging and pleading. And then he says this thing. And worships him, verse 25 says, and calls him Lord, verse 25 says. And of course, Jesus doesn't stop that. Does not stop that. He allows that to go on. allows that to go on. But he says, hey, you know, I I don't give the food for the children to the dogs. Why why are you here? Mm -hmm. You know, back in the sermon, he had said, don't give what's holy to the dogs. Right. Don't cast your pearls before pigs. He seems to be following, on the surface, he seems to be following that idea. Mm -hmm. I have what's holy. I have the food that is meant for the children. I don't give that to the dogs. There's a law back in what, Exodus chapter 22, 22? I think somewhere where it talks about the fact that, you know, if you find beasts that have been just killed in the field, you don't eat that. You give that to the dogs. That's right. We, We give the holy food, food that is consecrated, that God allows us to eat to our families. We, Mm -hmm. we give that base, Defiled, right, defiled, unclean to the dogs. He says, "You know, look, I'm not, I'm not here. We don't, we don't, we don't do this." But then she comes back, and this is the amazing thing. And I really do believe that Jesus has has somewhat manufactured the situation. He's been driving to get to this point for her to demonstrate amazing faith, mm-hmm. and this faith that says, "Yes, but mm-hmm. even." Even the dogs get the scraps. Can you just give me the scraps? Look, you 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 have such abundance. You have such abundance of goodness and yeah. holiness and power. Can you I just I just need a scrap. I just need a scrap. Everything about her seems to be both humble and persistent. Like she she won't let go, she won't stop. She's driven by uh, a love and a need for her daughter, but also a respect for Jesus that there's no one else that can help. And she's trying to honor him and appeal to him in every way to help. What this reminds me of is Jacob. Mm. Jacob, as he is crossing back into the promised land, and he's prayed to God. And instead of God parting the waters and ushering him through, there's actually an angel that meets him and wrestles with him all night long. And Jacob says, I'm not letting go. I want the blessing. I will not let go. And the angel at some point touches his hip socket and it shrivels up and now he's got a limp for the rest of his life, which by the way, lets me know that if he could do that at any point in the fight, he could have also done that, you know, at the neck and Jacob (laughs) would have just been dead. So, So this is a manufactured situation. God's not trying to kill Jacob. He's challenging him. He's testing him. And what Jacob does is he hangs on and he says, I want the blessing. Now, here's this Gentile, Mm -hmm. this Canaanite that demonstrates that exact same kind of tenacious faith. I know where the blessing can be found and I am going to hang on. And it doesn't matter what you say to me. I'm going to wrestle with the angel. I'm going to hang on until you give me the blessing. So here... Here's this Gentile that mm-hmm. walks in the footsteps of one of the patriarchs. I'm going to hang on until I get the blessing because I know where the blessing can be found. And this isn't the first time in Gospels Matthew or excuse me, in Matthew's Gospel where you have the Gentile uh, who is the example of faith, right? I, I think about the centurion and he approached Jesus and sought the healing for 
his servant. And some of the examples that Jesus upheld as uh, from the Old Testament, right? Uh, that uh, Naaman is the only leper that is healed. The widow of Zarephath is the only widow who received help from God's prophet. Uh, teaching lessons to the people of Israel, receive me, your Messiah has come. These other people see it. You need to see it. You know, I, I think today um, about a, a challenge that people speak to, they, they get put out with Christianity or they get put out with the church because of the way they're treated by some of the disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And maybe the disciples, you know, today have actually done well, sometimes we wrong. do things wrong. Yes, sometimes we absolutely. do things wrong. You know, here we've got a situation where the disciples of Jesus are saying, send her away, send her away. They were making it hard for this woman to come to Jesus. And yet, because she recognized this is the true place to go, this is the power, this is, as you pointed out, where I get the blessing, this is the Lord, no, I'm not going to be discouraged from following him. No, I'm not going to be discouraged from from begging and entreating and serving him, regardless of how I'm treated by some of these disciples. Consider the contrast between this woman and the Pharisees and scribes. Jesus just teaches truth and says nothing that is offensive in these last couple of paragraphs. Mm-hmm. He just says truth. But the Pharisees are offended. Yeah. Now he comes to this Gentile woman, and frankly, he says something that's offensive. I mean, today we would find it offensive. You know, folks can argue, oh, back then it was just, no, look, it's offensive. Yeah. But she doesn't take offense. She knows where the blessing is. This, of course, doesn't this this doesn't justify the mistakes that we as Christians have made. It no. doesn't justify the purposefully offensive things that we've done. Uh, and and but I tell you what, it does do is it points out to every person out there. Okay, you, you've Jesus has done something that's offended you. Jesus' disciples have been offensive. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you where the blessing is. Yeah. The blessing is with Jesus. Hang on to Him no matter what. It's a great example of faith. Yeah. Saving faith. Saving faith. Justifying faith. Yeah, absolutely. Time to wrap up with a prayer, brother. Holy God, thank you so much for Jesus, for his love, for his care. We admit there are some things that we see that don't always fit in the box of what we expect from Jesus, but what we do know is that the blessing comes from him. We recognize that when we don't understand, the problem is with us and not with him. And so we ask for your strength and your help and your wisdom to help us grasp and and understand Jesus, to apply his teaching, his life, his ways to ours, and we pray that we can draw folks in. Lord God, please forgive us when we have done and said things that, that turn people away. But Lord, I pray that you would also help folks to recognize that it's it's each of our responsibility to turn to Jesus, no matter what anybody else has done. Lord God, we love you so very much. We thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.